How can we celebrate Easter at home? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of the Gospel Project, and with me, as always, is Brian Dembozik, our managing editor. So, Brian, we are in the week of Easter, and this is, of course, one of the biggest events in history and, in, and of course, in the church calendar. I mean, this is when we are... Um, overtly remembering the um, death and resurrection of Jesus, the hinge point of all of history. Um, and it's it's a time that we traditionally in our churches, we um, we plan for lots of people to join us. We we sometimes go a bit over the top with our production, depending on the scale of, of things that we do in our worship gatherings. We almost always expect to see a whole bunch of new people joining us uh, for that Sunday and hopefully beyond as well. Um, but this year's a little bit different because we are in the time of um, safer at home directives and social distancing and um, and most of our churches can't meet. Yeah, I think, you know, as we think about the church calendar, you have these two so significant time periods of Christmas and Easter. But Christmas, it seems like it's drawn out a little bit more. There's there's more of a season, you know, it's more of, I know you only celebrate it for about four days, but most of us celebrate Christmas. Come on, it's totally like okay, five, five, maybe 12. But most of us celebrate Christmas at least for a month or so. You know, it, it just seems like it's it's around more. Easter is compacted more really be, this week or two between Palm Sunday and, and Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And so it, it's just, it, it it's one of the most densely compacted uh, periods of anticipation, celebration in the church year. And as you said, you know, there are some people who would say, rightly so, hey, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ every week. And that is true. We ought to be doing that. But there's something beautiful. There's something important about us celebrating it in this season. And we know that people will come and gather in a church on Easter Sunday who not would not normally. And we as a church are mourning that we can't do that this year, that that uh, COVID has forced us to be safer at home and our, our, we cannot meet as groups. And so we are at this point of thinking, all right, how do we make this special season special in this unique period of time? So that's what I hope you and I can kind of give some help uh, for our, our leaders and our, our families this year. Yeah. Yeah. So today we are looking forward to to helping, you know, provide 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 some guidance. I think it's gonna be a great conversation. So let's let's start with an the most obvious thing that we can ask for most of us, whether we are looking at this from the perspective of leading our congregations to think through this. Um, you know, and while it seems strange to be asking, like to be saying, how do we do this right now in the week of, I mean, we have to remember that we've all been kind of scrambling to figure out, okay, what do we do for the last month? (laughs) So if you're feeling, if, if you're feeling 
you know, bad about, you know, maybe not having some solid ideas already. Don't yeah. you, you've had way more important things. Um, from a from a, a very particular standpoint um, on your mind than figuring out how do you do Easter stuff in this context. But that being said, what can Easter at home look like for us in our churches and in our families? Yeah, I think the first thing is we have to keep in mind, I think most churches have already come to terms with a plan, um, this, this longer term, short term plan, if you want to call it that, of churches not gathering in person in this season of COVID. And of course, we've already have most churches have spun up online um, worship uh, times, worship gatherings online uh, through Facebook Live, YouTube Live, or some other platform. I hear some churches that still do drive in um, uh, worship where people will drive to the church, park in the parking lot and the, the, the pastor and so forth will, will be there and, and, um, communicate over radio or, or whatever. But I think most are going to an mm-hmm. online there. Not everybody can do that. There's some churches that are in some context, they cannot for different reasons, but most I think have landed there. And so when we think about Easter, we still will have that wonderful opportunity to celebrate Easter, um, through that online platform. Now that may still change some things like some churches that have a choir, for example, will not be able to have a choir, uh, do, you know, a special performance or something like that. But I think we still have this, this wonderful outlet that many churches will have to do a, a live, uh, worship gathering online through those platforms. I'm grateful that this is happening in a day and age where we have the technology to support this kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it is real, it is really encouraging that, churches have been able to pivot the way that they have and have prioritized making sure that people can still gather together even in a mediated form like a Facebook Live or YouTube or any of these kind of things the Zoom meetings that just about all of us are on at Mm -hmm. this point every moment (laughs) of the day Um, when did we start living in Star Trek by the way I don't know (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. Anyway, so but so it is it is really encouraging to see that. At the same time, it's also um, this really wonderful opportunity for us to engage well at home. And so at home, this this is an opportunity for our, for our families to where in our local church context, depending on our church, Easter may be a little more extensive or you know much bigger than even a than a typical sunday um at home it gives us the opportunity to maybe be a little bit more intimate and so um we don't need to go over the top we don't need to do um you know we don't need to do easter egg hunts necessarily um or scavenger hunts or things like that i mean if you if you like to rock a good scavenger hunt yeah, Go for I, it. And I, do what and you got to do. I think that's important, Aaron. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want anybody hearing yeah. us as prescribing a right way. I mm-hmm. I think instead, my heart is just to encourage families. I mean, if, if a family wants to do an egg hunt as a family, there's nothing wrong with that. Have at yeah. it. 
um, you know, if they want to have a big, uh, a wonderful breakfast that morning. And, and so that's great. And that's another thing mm-hmm. that, you know, with online gatherings, my family, we've experienced this. We have more time in the morning because we're not trying to get out the door that we can do some bigger breakfast or something like that and make it a, a little bit memorable day. My, my heart in yeah. this though, is that we, especially those of us who are listening, who are ministry leaders, we need to make sure families feel permission not to need to do those things to make Easter special in their homes. I I used to serve in ministry. I was I started in, in church ministry as a student pastor and then became a family pastor in in Florida, in Tampa. So we were about an hour from Disney. And mm-hmm. one of the things that you have to learn as a student pastor in Florida is you can't compete with Disney. You, you just can't. I mean, you can think of big events and do big events, but your students will come and show up and be like, they'll yawn because they're like, okay, we're used to Disney and there's no way you just don't have the, the, the resources, nor should you try to compete with Disney on that scale. So you have, you really, you have a choice to make. You either try and you will fail or you say, no, I'm going to go a different direction. I say that all to say this. I think we need to encourage our families that way, especially this year. Don't try to compete with by doing what your family may have experienced, these wonderful things. There's nothing wrong with them. But how Easter mm-hmm. has been celebrated in the past, let it look different this year and be okay with that. Go, go intimate, go smaller scale, go for a different feel and celebrate in a different way that'll be just as meaningful or more so than if you try to make a big deal in the home without the resources, time and, and, and skills and so forth. Does, does it kind of make sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, I 100% agree. I mean, we do not need to overwhelm ourselves with with these kind of things, we need to encourage, um, encourage our families, encourage ourselves um, to do what makes sense in this time. And so, just as an example for my family, um, you know, while many people have experienced um, changes in their work rhythms in terms of things seeming to slow down a little bit. I mean, and I'm sure you can echo this too, since we both are at Lifeway, things have kind of ramped up a little bit. We've got a lot of things that we're that yeah. we're working through and in order to help serve the church as best as we can in this season and beyond. And um, so as part of that, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, so for us, it's, it's gonna look a little bit more like, um, us enjoying Good Friday and um, and making the most of that and making the most of Sunday, um, but um, but it's not it's likely not going to be an everyday thing yeah, and, for us. And let me just say this: I got, this is something. So for our listeners to understand the Lifeway rhythm of work, we we are fortunate, we are blessed that Lifeway has allowed us to work from home a couple of days a week as our normal rhythm. We've been doing that for what, Aaron, three years or so now? Uh, About two or three Uh, years, yeah. And so we're used to this. We've learned some things in this environment that some of you are just starting to learn now who have not had this, this privilege to be able to do it by going into the office or going into the church office every day of the week. Sometimes you think working from home is easier. It gives you more time. In a way, it doesn't. In a way, it's harder to parse work from home life. It's easier. I know this is true of me. You know, when I'm in the office, 
three o'clock. I usually get into the office about six thirty in the morning to to beat Nashville traffic, and I try to leave by three to beat Nashville mm-hmm. traffic. So three o'clock, I'm ready to to drop what I'm doing and leave. At home, I don't have that. I don't have to worry about traffic. So if it's three and I'm in the middle of a task, next thing I know, it's five and it's dinner time. Yeah. Um, an email comes in at you know eight o'clock at night. Maybe I'll answer it. So the the work and life division becomes very muddied for families in the home, especially in the season where people are losing jobs. And so a lot of people feel the pressure to continue performing (laughs) to keep their jobs. Mm -hmm. I say all this to say, as ministry leaders, keep that in mind. You're dealing with families who may now be busier and more stressed than ever, which doesn't seem like it would be true because we have this notion, well, families are just home. They have nothing better to do. I just want to give that word yeah. of warning that what our families are experiencing may actually be more stressful than ever. Yeah. Yeah. So so in in light of that, what our goal should always be is to encourage one another to have a, a simple but meaningful exactly. celebration. I mean, we're going to be we're going to be stuck remembering 2020 for a long time. And, uh, and unfortunately we don't get a do over <laughs> on it, but, uh, I really wish we could have a do over on 2020. Know. Is it March 97th? I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back to 2019 and say, please come back. Why did you ever leave? <laughs> Who would have thought that 2019 would be the year we look back on fine <laughs> <know>. fondly, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and but, right now I 2019 mean, saying, yeah, COVID 19, my name's in there. It should not be COVID 19. It should be COVID 2020. Give 2020 the full <laughs> that's responsibility. Right. That's right. This is the year yeah. of that. But, um, <laughs> anyway, because 2020 is already going to be, um, an unforgettable year, uh, much to our chagrin, um, let's do our best to, to encourage families to remember that, um, this Easter when they out of necessity, um, had the opportunity to celebrate in such a different way. All right. So Brian, what, is there any, any way for us? Cause I mean, one of the things that is a hallmark of Easter um, you know, Easter and how we think about it traditionally is is the the missional yeah. component of it, meaning that this is an opportunity for us to engage with people who don't normally ever darken the door of a church, who don't think about um, God or the gospel or any anything like this at all. Is there an opportunity for us to engage on mission? even in this kind of at-home social distancing context. Without a doubt. And again, let me just say before we lead into some suggestions of ways to do it in this context, I think the first thing we need to do is is pray that God softens our heart and positions our heart properly for these people. I have heard in the past, not often, but I've heard some, pastors kind of make light of what they call the CE crowd, the Christmas and Easter crowd. Those who will just Mm -hmm. show up and they almost kind of talk down about these people that they're so superficial. They only show up twice a year, get their credit and go home. And man, no, I think we need to have a heart and a posture of saying God gives us this gift of people who are not regenerate 
at least twice a year. Let's steward them well. Let's love these people. Let's be grateful for them. So we have got to recognize, man, we are missing out on one of these two opportunities during the year. And especially right now, I don't know about you, Aaron, but I, I seem to be sensing there's more openness to spiritual things right now because of what's going on in the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I recently saw saw, saw some data that, that was saying that, um, you know, search requests about prayer and, and things like this are going through the roof at the yeah. moment. And, and so there, every one of these kind of seasons um, does provide us an opportunity as Christians to engage with, uh, with people um, about matters that they normally wouldn't even think about. Yeah. So I think what we need to do is, again, first, we need to be thinking about, and, and again, to be, I want to be gentle in, in how I say this. This is not meant to be ugly at all. But I think many churches, we're scrambling to figure out how we're going to serve our regular people in this season right now. And sometimes how we can serve our communities is not as primary as it can be or should be. And it's understandable. Again, I'm not trying to be ugly by saying that. It's when there's a crisis going on, you're you're trying to deal with what is m- most at hand, um, triaging, and it's understandable. But so that's my prayer yeah. is, my hope is that our leaders can can, you know, wait a minute let me really think deeply about this. Let me pray through this deeply together as as leaders. I think one way, uh, this is the gimme, we need to encourage our families to invite others to watch online the worship experience that's provided, again, from their own homes. Um, But Mm -hmm. I would encourage my families to invite their other families, their neighbors, their friends, and so forth to watch online and then at least talk about it afterwards, you know, call or or Zoom or whatever and say, hey, what'd you think about that? Or um, so I think we can still, quote unquote, invite people to church this Easter as Mm -hmm. we normally would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And another thing that we can do that, you know, might might seem obvious but but really really isn't is um you know is actually going by our neighbor's houses not you know not trying to have a you know non-social distance appropriate conversation or anything like that but maybe just dropping a gift off at on their doorstep um so think like you know cookies chocolate um you know uh, a helpful encouraging devotional book with a card um and so there's the key don't just drop these things off and then um and then leave without them knowing who or what it what it is but saying hey this is something that you know i you know hey i'm your neighbor from x if you from x street you know x house down the road if you've never actually talked to your neighbors and Again, not a judgment statement, just a just a fact that that does happen yeah. um, increasingly. It's hard to meet right, our that's neighbors. How we are. Yeah, and so so to be able to say, hey, here is here is you know just something we wanted to say. Hey, we appreciate you. This uh, we're thinking about you. We're praying for you this this weekend. I I think that is so. beautiful, and I think again what I see. So our neighborhood, we have a a neighborhood Facebook group. Just our neighbors. Uh, and my neighborhood is still being built. So we have many people moving in who I've not been able to get to know yet. One thing I've noticed mm-hmm. is 
there has been more activity on this neighborhood Facebook group than ever because people, again, there so many people are hungry for connecting. And, and so I think, you know, our neighborhood, we have done some things um, already, uh, some neighborhood activities, sa- socially safe distancing and so forth. But this is a one that you really can consider. What would it look like if a family went around, made some cookies or some Easter chocolates or something, you know, go ahead, go to the cliche route. It's okay. Um, and yeah. you just made little gift bas- baskets, a small get- gift basket with a simple card, and you left them on your neighbor's homes. And again, you let them know, hey, we just want to help you celebrate Easter this year. Um, mm-hmm. That's a beautiful, beautiful expression uh, that we can do. I think another thing that I've seen is I've seen some families decorating for Easter. Um one of the cool mm. things is I've seen people who have used their either their glass uh, storm door um, or on their sidewalk, and they will they will draw or paint or color what looks like stained glass with a cross on it. Um, I've seen a couple of people do that, and they posted pictures on Facebook, and I think, man, that's a great thing to do. We're trying to celebrate Easter, decorating. Again, one thing that we do see a lot of people doing in the social distancing time period is going for walks in the neighborhood. I've seen more people at my neighborhood going for walks than ever because we we need to get out of the house in a safe environment. So that's another great way that that we can engage on mission. Yeah, totally. And... um one last thing that and i mean it connects to one of the other other ones that we've talked about and really connects to all of them is praying for your neighbors for your friends your families uh family members that that you have that don't know jesus or need encouragement in christ um taking taking the time to do that but also letting people know that you are stopping and you're praying praying for them you don't have to get um too intense or like like you don't have to get into too many specifics but you know i mean i just recently got a text from my pastor that was just like hey we're just want to let you know we're praying for you for you and the family okay. today and that was it and and that was great because that's all i well, needed. you know and, and i think some people may hear that and be like wait a minute you want me to let my unbelieving neighbor know I prayed for them. That seems kind of too religious, spiritually weird or whatever. Again, I think in this time frame, God has given us a gift where that I think will be received very well. How I see that playing mm-hmm. out is you simply call your neighbor and say, hey, look, I just want you to know this in these kind of crazy, confusing, unsettling times, I, especially as Easter in this season where, you know, I find myself drawn more and more to, to think about God and his ways. I just want you to, know, I prayed for you. I prayed that your family stays healthy. I prayed for your employment, you know, and you just pray for those practical things. I have to believe that not many people would say, how dare you? I have to believe most people today would say, thank you. That means so much. And again, it's another way yeah. that we can be on mission in this season. Yeah, and I mean, even worst case, I mean, honestly, the most hostile thing you're probably going to get is a dismissive exactly. thank you. So there's absolutely no harm in telling your neighbors that that you're praying for them. And in fact, it might open up a door that they um, that they never that you never even yep. considered was there. So um, it's scary it can be scary for us and we can let our fears take control over those things but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it that's right yeah now um as we're thinking about you know 
worshiping at home, walking through the Easter story with our families. Are there any resources that that we can recommend? Let's start with one that is kind of like the uh, the one that is on steroids, so to speak, the the most robust. <laughs> And, and work our way down to more simpler, and sure. not to mean the simpler or any less meaningful. Uh, but one is we at the Gospel Project have uh, provided the Gospel Project Easter Edition content for free for families to use. Um, you can find that on our blog at gospelproject.com. Uh, what we did is basically took a resource that is normally used in the church setting of five weeks, five sessions of content. And we have provided mm-hmm. that content for families to use perhaps on the day's of the week that the content actually happened or the, this, that part of the story actually happened. Um, you know, so you have a Palm Sunday, you have, um, the Thursday, the, the, the Passover celebration, you have Easter, of course, you have some resurrection appearances. So in theory, a family could take those resources, the Bible story videos, watch the video and have some discussion around it. Those days it happened or, take parts of it. You know, if you don't use all of it, just use the Easter Mm -hmm. video, watch that on Easter Sunday and and talk about it and pray as a family. So there it's some pretty robust materials that a family could use as, as deeply as they want or more simply. Yeah. And, um, some, some other things are a little, little more stripped down that you can, that you can engage with. Um, Lifeway Kids has produced a, you know, an Easter devotional that's, that's available for free. So, uh, we'll throw a a link in the show notes for that. Um, there are some really great, great family friendly books and devotionals that, um, that have, I, that are either entirely devoted to Easter, or are um, or include moments from yeah. Easter. So ones that include moments from, um, you know, certainly we would recommend books like the "It's All About Jesus" Bible yeah. uh, Bible Storybook, uh, epic epic devotions. Um, books like that are super helpful um, and have and have opportunities for you to engage your family. Yeah as well and then the third the most simple but the most powerful which is why i preface it earlier by saying don't confuse simplicity with with less power is is god's word the bible i mean really when you think about it all a family needs is a copy of the scriptures um open up to the easter narrative in any of the gospels and and read it together and and talk about Mm -hmm. it ask you know hey kids any questions what what stood out to you and pray that that's a really meaningful way a family can celebrate Easter. So um, while these other resources are great, we encourage them again. Let's remind families that all they really need is, is God's word. God's word is sufficient and they can read from scripture, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and can worship as a family and have a great meaningful time. Brian, I think that's a great place for us to wrap this up. So, um, so thanks for chatting about this and thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. And, and we do pray that you have a, a very meaningful Easter celebration, um, wherever you are with your, with your local church and with your family. Um, so if you've enjoyed this episode, please do. We hope you will leave us and see your five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com. Yeah.